0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Together, we're the Locked On Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. So click that subscribe button or that follow button, depending on your platform, if you like what we're doing. So we're delivered to your ears and eyes every day. James, a lot of uh, Bengals assistants today spoke at the Combine. And Mm -hmm. we're going to start as we have feels like pretty much... Every episode since, I don't know, two weeks ago, something happened two weeks ago, I guess uh, with the offensive line, Frank Pollock, in addition to Brian Callahan, Lou Anarumo met with you guys out in Indianapolis today, you guys being the Bengals media who is there in person. And yeah, I read one article about the Frank Pollock discussion, which was on your website, allbengals.com shout out before going to a Bengals talk YouTube video shout out to watch the Frank Pollock video in full. <laughs> what am I doing? Shouting out our competitors like this. All Oh, oh. <laughs> don't you dare. Our competitors, our, our, our we're competitors not competing with me, our <laughs> competitors that James runs. And anyway, I, I watched, I read this Frank Pollock quote and I'm like, man, Frank Pollock seems like he's ready to, to get some different guys in this room. And then I listened mm-hmm. to it. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe the question just set it up this way. And it kind of did. You asked him, you know, what do you look for in free agents? And that's why he's talking about free agents in the first place. But then he goes on to say stuff like we could use more of those alpha leader types. Yep. And more glass eaters. And and this yes. glass eater thing. This is our Bengal's offensive line free agency meme, James is Frank Pollock wants glass eaters.
1: Yep. No, I and I love this because
0: look, there's been some, especially
1: on YouTube, like us sort of leaving it open-ended about the the offensive line staff, like the coaching staff is just developing these guys and things like that. But the bottom line is they don't have enough talent. That's that's part of it. Like I just don't know about them. I don't know how good Frank Pollock is or not. I think he's held in high regard in the NFL, but he doesn't have enough talent. And he was as open as I think any Bengals coach when it comes to that. And it's not like he ripped any of his guys. But when he very clearly says, oh, the reason I'm not watching free agent film right now in my hotel room is because we're having this conversation with the media. And that's what I was doing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's pretty um, transparent to me. It's pretty obvious that he's focused on that when he's at the combine. And I get it. They got to catch up on things and free agencies sooner than the draft. But this was a very free agent based combine yeah, we talked about prospects some, but most of it was focused on what they're going to do in free agency because of where they're picking, because of where they're at as a team. And so, and I'll read part of it and you're right. I did post the whole thing on Cincinnati Bengals talk, but he said, you know, scheme fit is big. And so I think that matters when we're talking about an Andrew Norwell uh, or a Bozeman or some of these guys that we said, Oh, are they going to change their scheme? Well, he said he wants athletic guys that, that, you know, can get to the second level and all of these things. Well, then that gives us an idea of who they could be eyeing versus not eyeing, but you're right. The, the thing that stands out a lot, he's like, I'd love to have more leadership in the room. Love to have more alpha males. Can't get enough of those guys. Would love to have more glass eaters, which maybe we should just get some shirts made now uh, of the glass eaters mantra, because can you imagine Physical athletes blocking for this offense, like so. Hopefully, Pollock and I do think he's got some pull, some pull in the room. He's obviously well respected not only among the coaching staff, but Mike Brown and Duke Tobin. They respect him, and, and I think trust him. He's going to be pushing for some of these guys, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't like some of the youngsters on on the uh, on the roster. But I think he's going to make a push, and uh, hopefully, he gets his way because if anything. Luana Rumo's made a push and and guess what? When he got his way, the defense played better. Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, when they pushed right and not necessarily push whatever you want to say, but got their guys and Jamar chase and T Higgins and obviously Burrow. Well, we've seen what the offense can do and how explosive it can be. So the offensive line is the missing link. And I think the guy who coaches that unit, the leader of that unit, he certainly wants to add talent in free agency this offseason.
0: Yeah. And you're right about the scheme fit bit. It's a it's a good thing to highlight. Athletic can run, can play at the second level. You point that out. Guys who can bend, who can anchor in protection, who can play with length, which is interesting. Sounds like uh Makai Becton to me a little bit, at least a couple of those things. Not that not to throw gasoline on that fire or anything, but Larry Tony. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it sounds like the the scheme change speculation that we had, which is, you know, I think it was largely driven off of our Bradley Bozeman conversation. Although Andrew Norwell, as you pointed out, also fits the bill. Doesn't this is not what that sounds like.
1: Yep. When he's
0: talking about scheme fit at the same time. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can see like maybe he, I don't know. That's really not what it means. Get to the second level of the run game. I don't think that means, you know, it could mean duo, you know, you're coming off a double double team, getting to the second level. It could mean pulling out into space and trying to square up a safety or a corner, but to to me, yeah, I mean, this, this doesn't scream scheme change to me, but it does sound like you know, he's not satisfied. And he was asked about Deontay, Deontay Smith, and he was asked about Jackson Carmen. He talked about those guys and talked mm-hmm. about, you know, their development over the course of the year, their their injury setbacks, the expectations going into year two, echoing kind of what the rest of the staff has said, where there's a big year two leap, or or can be a big year two leap for for young offensive linemen. So there's still certainly hope there. But, uh, you know, our our friend PFF underscore Andrew R also clipped my reaction, my facial expressions as you were listing the guys that were forced to play a lot for the Bengals last year when they went to all those backups. And without Quentin Spain on the roster, you know, you're talking about those guys that we talked about yesterday, Hakeem Adenergy, Jackson, Carmen, Isaiah Prince. And if if Trey Hill is a starter next year because Trey Hopkins is a cap cut or something, $6 million Mm -hmm. cap savings hopefully they would put that toward the offensive line. So it wouldn't be all four of those guys. Like I don't think Frank Pollock wants that, you know, he, I think he's Mm -hmm. excited for the development of these guys, but his reaction to talking about sacks and being so unsatisfied with the way that you you could tell that the guy wasn't happy with the way things went. And the the other
1: thing that uh, really stood out to me, and it was towards the end, Paul Daner jr. Asked, About having like five guys that aren't stars, right? Basically, giving Pollock a a path to being like, oh, yeah, we don't need Teron Armstead. Not that he's going to name that person, but if if you have five guys that are cohesive and can play, and Pollock was like, yeah, you have to have talent too. And that's the part where, to me, I take it as, well, damn, we got to get more talent in here. And yeah, we can develop this guy. And you're optimistic about Jackson Carmen and you're optimistic about, Deontay Smith and 35 and a half inch arms and all of these traits, all of that's well and good and they can be on the roster and you can develop them, but you also need to go out and get talent. And there is a balance there, but you can't. And I think the staff knows this. I think the organization knows this. And I asked Brian Callahan about it, the balance of developing guys that you feel good about while also adding guys that can help you now. And I, I think they have that urgency. I think they know they need to have that urgency. And uh, that's what's going to make two weeks from now free agency when you better start sleeping now, man, and getting prepared because we're going to have emergency podcasts the moment they make deals. And, you know, it's going to be a uh, a wild time, especially if there's aggressive and free agency on the along the offensive line as we fairly expect them to be.
0: Yeah, there's two things out of that that I just want to hit real quick before we go on to, to Brian Callahan's comments. One, do both. Remember Mike Renner told us, do both, develop and win now. And Frank Pollock was asked about that as well. You talked about Callahan talking about it. Pollock was asked about it too. There's always urgency in the mm-hmm. NFL. At the same time, you, you still have to develop guys. There's no minor leagues in the NFL, right? And so you, you got to do both. Coming up next, Brian Callahan also addressed the media, and there were some fun bits in there, I thought, about challenging Joe Burrow to continue his progression going into next year.
1: But I have to tell you about betonline.net. It's a one-stop shop for all of your betting needs, and with the draft quickly approaching less than two months away, and, well, free agency, those odds for Super Bowl 56, or 57 now, oh my goodness, and uh, the 2022 NFL season. Well, you can check those out at betonline.net. Also, NBA. Man, the Warriors lost again. My Steph Curry led Warriors without Draymond Green. Maybe you like them. Maybe you like Jake's Chicago Bulls, who are really, really fun to watch. You can wager on. All Things NBA, College Hoops, it's March. You could do that as well. So get there right now, betonline.net. It's really easy to sign up. It's a one-stop shop. I've used them. You should too. Again, it's betonline.net. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: So your favorite football player is, is Tom Brady. Yeah. I guess he's retired now. So let's just say it's still Tom Brady. Steph yep. Curry for basketball. Who's your favorite baseball player?
1: Oh, it was Ken Griffey Jr. Um, I don't necessarily know if I have one. Um, Dwayne Wade was, and those that watch on YouTube uh, are probably aware of this. You could see Wade over my shoulder right here. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Steph Curry's just so fun to watch. Like that—that—that's the thing. Is like he's insane to watch. So that—that's it for me there. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily have baseball. Uh, that's you know, a favorite baseball player. And I don't know if I have a favorite football player anymore. I think it's kind of done now. That, that's the set because Tom Brady was like my childhood. I right. grew up rooting for him. And so now it's uh, it was Chad Johnson and Tom Brady. So the, the time has passed, Jake. I,
0: I'm officially old. Rest in peace, uh, James's childhood. It has ended. Oh, man. You know, for, for me, my last favorite baseball player is probably Ken Griffey Jr. too. I loved his swing, man. And we're going to get back to football. People are probably like, what are these guys talking about? But. Uh, Joey Votto is, uh, the reason I like Joey Votto so much is, is like his interviews are, are fantastic. Like he's such a smart guy who's willing, like the same reason I like talking to Brian Callahan, like he's willing to get into stuff and talk about it at an intellectual, at a deep level. Speaking of Brian Callahan, that's a good little transition. Uh, talked about Joe Burrow talked about the offense, talked about yep. what's next, and one of my favorite snippets, and I haven't seen the whole thing. Sounds like he talked to you guys for quite a while. Was when he was talking about needing to challenge Joe Burrow coming back next year, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that, as as coaches, he says, you know, we have to find ways to challenge guys so that you know to give them something to be motivated for every year, especially with a guy like Burrow who wants to be challenged. Burrow wants to be challenged every year and you can see how that fits his personality. Right. But what Callahan suggested as a means to challenging Burrow, I thought was pretty cool. It's this idea of like, Oh yeah, maybe we'll have him call his own two minute drives. Something Mm -hmm. that as, as we have more continuity and Burrow is more familiar with what we want to do and we, with what he wants to do, we're more on the same page. He's more of an extension of the coaching staff on the field. And that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. But, We all enjoyed, right? When Joe Burrow got to call some of his own plays, and we heard the story about it. So to me, that's just a really fun idea right away to think about him having the freedom to at least try to call his own two-minute stuff. Because he's talking more about like in practice, but if if he does well at it, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't, why not translate that to a game, right?
1: For sure, no, no doubt about it. And and that's the thing is, all of it ties back to the trenches uh, into that first. But that's why you spend the money because you can unlock a level of Burrow that we haven't seen and a level of this offense that we haven't seen. And he's going to have a relatively healthy off season, especially compared to last year. Right? It's an MCL. He's still able to do things and rest and uh, should be able to tinker and tweak things. And now he's gone through the playoffs and he's seen these defenses and gone against Mike Vrabel and gone against you know this Aaron Donald defense in the Super Bowl. So guess how much he's going to be able to grow from that and learn from that and be faster and be quicker. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see that because we saw, even while rehabbing that ACL, how much better he was downfield and how much he improved. Like, to me, and I just did a bet online, re- like, Joe Burrow MVP, like, that's very real. That's a very real, and not that you go into a season expecting them to de- to win it. But I expect him to play at a, an MVP type level, assuming the organization gives him just enough time and competent offensive line play. Like that's the level that's the bar now. And that's really exciting. And that includes two minute that includes hurry up. And and that's the thing with this offense too. It's not like we've seen a ton of that. And I would love to see that because I think he's so smart and it, Again, it keeps com- going down to the protection, right? And, and probably why they didn't run more of that. But to me, Joe Burrow leading a hurry-up offense with with those weapons, that uh, that could be quite fun because of how daring he is. He's going to call go balls. He's going to audible to things like that and really want to push the envelope and be aggressive.
0: I I agree. We saw some of it. We
1: sure. didn't see very yeah. much
0: of it. I'm I agreeing with you. Like we didn't see very much of it, right? And it's something that seems like it should be a weapon. So maybe that's a maybe that's a question. Next time we talk to Callahan, like, is, would you like to run more no huddle? Would you like to run more hurry up with Joe Burrow? You know, would you like to 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 get back to the line of scrimmage quickly, put defenses in a bit of a bind with his processing ability, and and maybe that's what comes out of this this challenge to call his own two minute because you can still call plays and you can still get on the radio with your quarterback in a hurry up Mm -hmm. it's not like it's all on burrow but you know if burrow can just get up there line guys up and go and we've heard cj uzama talk about this speaking Mm -hmm. of cj uzama uh brian Callahan heaped praise onto cj uzama as well called him or said he had his best year as a tight end in the nfl and would like to have him back but yeah, maybe maybe that's a natural progression for this offense. What else stood out to you? Maybe Maybe it's the uzama thing. Is there anything else that stood out to you in the in the Callahan chat that maybe I didn't see her here? Well, yeah, the, the burrow stuff. And then certainly, uh, the other Joe Mixon
1: uh, or the other right. Joe Joe Mixon, and, and I asked him about Mixon being a three down back. And he said, yeah. And then very next question, you know, talk, praise Sama JP. Ryan for being that you know, pat, or not pass catching, pass blocking back um, for the Bengals. And and that's the thing, man, is hopefully Mixon continues to improve there. And I get it. He can't play every snap. I want him in on two minutes. I want him to be the two-minute back. Yeah, Like, that That to me is insane that he – like, Samaj Piran is fine. But are you kidding me? Like if if Mixon can't do that, that's a that's an issue for me. It really is, and so, um, the I don't know if it's lack of trust or what it is, but that's certainly something that uh, I hope to that they remedy. Or maybe it's just as simple as it, it's going to be Chris Evans, and he's going to have to evolve into that role, which really sucks if that's how if that's Joe Mixon, right? Because he had a great year numbers wise, right? A career year. In some aspects, touchdowns, certainly. But, man, I want you in on on two-minute drill or or hurry up, right? Because that's the thing. Maybe that's why they didn't do as much hurry up, part of the reason. That's not good, is it? I don't think that's good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a weird place to be in for Mm -hmm. them to continue to talk about Mixon as if he's a three-down back where we have all this evidence to the contrary. Especially in like the two minute situations, there are so many drives this year where it's not Mixon, and it drives me nuts because they gave Mixon all this money. And if you're going to give Mixon all this money, then you got to use them. And if you're not going to use them, then why'd you give him all that money? Mm -hmm. How are you paying your fourth biggest twenty twenty two cap hit to a guy who's only on the field sixty six percent of the time? And and I get the players sub and need rest and all this stuff, and that's fine. And Joe Mixon is a really talented guy. It's just like. Let's find a way to, to get him on the field for these third downs. Yep. but at the same time, you know what? from a coaching perspective, if, he, if they can't trust him to do the job, then you, you eat the money and you put the best guys on the field, and maybe that is Samaj P. Ryan. But to your point, James, Chris Evans much cheaper, younger, more athletic. If he can figure it out from a pass walking perspective, and I, I think he can, this, this might be folly on my part. I think he can. There are some cap savings to be had if they decide they don't want to carry Samaj P. Ryan forward. At the same time, it's not like he's that expensive. So seeing those mm. three I'd be the running backs next year should surprise no one. Coming up next, James, should we be surprised to see Eli Apple back next year? Lou Anarumo talked to Eli Apple defense and cornerbacks coming up next.
1: You're right, Lou Anarumo. Discussed Eli Apple. I asked him the first question. Ben Baby followed up and and praised Eli Apple, um, which he deserves to be praised. Look, Eli Apple exceeded expectations. Think about it. He was being compared. And you thought he was an upgrade. <clears throat> naturally, we all did. From LaShawn Sims. But like that was his... He was like this fourth, fifth corner. He's going to battle Darius Phillips. Remember that? He, Darius Phillips tweets after uh, Apple gets signed, all of those things. And then he plays really well exceeds expectations, but it sounded like Lou, not only wants Eli Apple back, but is open to the idea of Apple being, you know, that other outside corner, that starting outside corner opposite Cheeto Ouzier. Let me ask you, Jake, would you be comfortable with that? Would you be comfortable with, I don't know, a multi-year deal? You know, maybe it's three years, 15 million for Eli Apple to be that second corner, that second outside corner? Because to me, that's a bit scary. I like Eli Apple, the player. I think it's fine if you keep him. But if you're doing that and you're paying him a little bit and, and you're investing in Eli Apple and you're expecting him to be, you know, uh, a pretty good starting outside corner in the NFL, I would have my my doubts or reservations.
0: Yeah. No. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with with that. And it's not I'm not trying to be like disrespectful to Eli Apple or anything like he played at a higher level than he was paid, for sure. Like no questions asked, he played respectably. But that's a lot of money to lock up in a guy that this is really the first year that he's he's played at that level and he had his ups and downs. Yeah. And the downs came at unfortunately memorable times The the ups were pretty good too, to to be fair to Eli Apple. And like you said, he deserves to be praised for, for going from a year where he played, he played two games in 2020. He played 2.6% of, of of possible snaps for teams he played for in 2020. And, and that goes up to 87% for the Bengals was one of the, highest snap players, I think, for the Bengals defense because of injuries elsewhere. And he was available. He didn't get hurt. At the same time, I'm looking for an upgrade. And and Lou Anarumo, I think, talked about this as well. He talked about, you know, this is the time of year where you reward players. This is also the time of year for player acquisition. You listen to Duke Tobin. uh, One of the the things that he talked about with Kelsey Conway was that he thinks that it's a strong draft at corner that the positions he talked about for being a strong draft, similar to what we talked about with Trevor a few days ago for uh, our second draft preview episode, Trevor Sikama from PFF joined us a couple days ago. If you missed that, go check it out, but strong at edge in terms of depth and, and top end, I think at edge good depth at corner and, and good depth on the offensive line is what, what Duke said and different kinds of offensive linemen, some smaller, more athletic guys, some bigger, mauler type guys. And so, while there is praise for Eli Apple from Zach Taylor, from Duke Tobin, from Lou Ataruma, they're all also talking about adding corners, mm-hmm. depth at corner, you know, the, the, the draft at corner. And I, I keep coming back to a corner at 31, to be honest. I know we've talked about a lot of positions and people that have been listening this week are like, yeah, he's talked about a wide receiver and a linebacker and a corner. And I'm like, no, but the the, the other two were kind of, not very serious thoughts of linebacker and wide receiver. Like that would have to be overwhelming value to me, but corner is a legitimate option. Corner edge player, Mm -hmm. offensive lineman and Devante Wyatt are the legitimate options to me at 31, but especially corner because get a young guy to play across from Cheeto. I mean, if you address the offensive line and free agency, great, but yeah, Eli Apple on a multi-year $5 million deal, I'm, I'm not down. I'm sorry. Uh, no I, No disrespect intended. Uh, it's just a lot.
1: I think they're going to – and that doesn't mean – this doesn't mean that they're not going to draft a corner and this doesn't mean they're not going to retain Eli Apple. I think they're going to sign a corner in free agency to a multi-year deal. I think they're going to basically do – and it might not be Trey Wayne's money, but it might even be more than Cheeto money. And I, I'll – look more, we'll do the offseason plan stuff next week. But I I would be not surprised, I guess, if they don't do that, especially if they throw a lot of money at the offensive line. But just look at what they do, right? They're willing to pay corners and have depth there. I wouldn't be shocked if they pay a corner to start alongside Cheeto and and Mike Hilton, keep Eli on a one-year deal, because I think he's going to hit the market and there isn't going to be much interest because it, it's just, you're right. that There isn't much of a track record. He was okay, but he's kind of a punchline. You have the tweets. It, you might have to prove it another year and then get paid, which if you're the Bengals, you can benefit from that. And, and and so keep Eli Apple. And then three, look up in 31. The best player available is a corner. So you take him anyway. Like I would not be shocked if you're talking first round corner, three veterans starting and Eli Apple. That's five cornerback. That's your first five. Wouldn't be shocked. I'm not saying that's, I, you know, a guarantee or anything like that. But they could sign a corner, they could keep Eli Apple and then look up on draft day or draft night and, and see a corner there and be like, okay. Or, or or take one on day two. Wouldn't be shocked at all if that, it plays out that way.
0: It's just to, to me, looking at the draft, there's a real chance of one of those top flight corners, like legitimate first round corners is available to them at 31. And I don't think, I, I was talking to Mike Renner about this in DMs today, actually, because I, I threw out a number like, I bet you there are going to be a lot of boards that have 15 true first round grades this year, which I don't mm-hmm. think is very many. I think it's like the the top heaviness of the class is not really there. It sounds like there's good depth. I've heard this a lot this week. There's really good depth in this class. Day two should be strong. But one position where I think there's actually good first round true depth where you might mm-hmm. get see a player get pushed down is corner. Because when you look at the free agent market, James, the guys that are going to probably get a lot of money, like the top of market guys, you're looking at like Stefan Gilmore.
1: He's 32
0: JC Jackson for, for younger guy, for sure. Uh, But guys that played a lot last year. Like Eli Apple's right up there with the guys that played a lot for their teams last year. That's a free agent and is in his Mm -hmm. twenties. Like from a, from a pure snap count perspective and age perspective, pretty much the same as JC Jackson, obviously. One player is better than the other, but much different, but yeah, b- but you, you get my point from like a, a guys that played a lot and are still in their twenties. So those second contract guys we talked about yesterday, the Bengals don't do a lot of third contracts, So, you know, the Casey Haywards of the world or, mm-hmm. or the, the, uh, Stefan Gilmore's of the world, like those aren't likely candidates for the Bengals. Chris Harris, not, not likely for the Bengals to go after that kind of player with that kind of profile. So who does that leave in free agency? It starts to get a little, a little thin. Mm -hmm. So that's your path back for Eli Apple for one is let's have the guy in case we need him. Right. And then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. how big is a contract? Because if too many funds go to Eli Apple and it diverts from other places, then I start to be like, okay, you know, what, what are we, we have finite resources And so let's, let's try to make the biggest impact we can, but the world where you're okay with Eli Apple, like even if he does need to start is where it's, it's a, it's a modest contract. It doesn't hamstring them elsewhere. They're able to do everything else that they want to do in the draft and in free agency. And, and the pass rush gets a little bit of punch. So like they get a couple Mm -hmm. guys like Joseph Osai comes back, but they also, you know, keep Ogan Joby and or Hill and, and add a pass rusher of some sort. Maybe it's a draft, maybe it's free agency. Like, then it starts to be a little bit okay. Cause you, you have a greater margin for error for your corners. And if, and if like your worst player on defense is Eli Apple, then it's all right. But, but that, that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, I, I just, I just don't feel very comfortable counting on him for multiple years. Don't mm-hmm. hit another year, but multiple years after, after one proven year is just, uh, that's a lot.
1: Yep. And there's pressure that comes with that. And I think there's also, he thrived under, this is my shot to show that I belong. And so giving him another one of those years, like to me, the perfect way is one year, three or 4 million bucks, right? Like, so it's a, it's a pay bump, but he's not like, oh man, I've made it. You know, I I have a multi-year deal and I have $10 million guaranteed or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. So, you know, we'll see, but no, I I think corner is a big part of it. And uh, spoiler, I think that'll be one of the the big topics when we do our, our free agency preview type plan um, plan episodes next week. I'm excited for those. If, if you haven't, I brought it up, what, back-to-back episodes multiple times now because it's, uh, it's here, buckle up, ready or not. And uh, I love putting together a plan, and I love it when a plan comes together, and I think it's going to.
0: Going to have to do it, man. I am... Not prepared. <laughs> uh, I know we talked about we talked about this last time it came up. I am I am not ready for free agency to be here, but but here we are. By the way, last thing on Eli Apple is is just looking at PFF's free agency rankings is like twentieth for corners or something. May, maybe not not very high. One fifty two overall on their list of free agents projected to get a one year four four point two five million dollar deal. Gotcha. I, I could stomach that mostly because yeah. it's one year, but like if it's a guy like that or a guy like, you know, Xavier Rhodes, one year, 3 million, a lot older. I don't know. Anyway, much more to come on the cornerback room. Like you said, James got a, a free agency and draft plan to start to put together here. And I think one step at a time this year, James, what do you think? Free agency first? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Completely separate because yeah, it, it'll
1: be just our free agency plan, and then we'll we'll dive into the draft after the the dust settles a bit. Free agency wise,
0: they they just pick so late that trying to get to the draft is is a little bit more challenging this year. Anyway, we'll have clips. Most likely, we'll have clips tomorrow from some of these coach interviews at the combine. We'll talk about Joe Burrow being an alluring card for free agents looking for teams to join as there's a pretty cool quote about that coming out of the combine on Wednesday as well. So that's coming your way tomorrow until then Bengals fans who